Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hey, Dad, it's Luke. Hey, Luke, what's happening? Hey, did you know that in September of 1989, Deion Sanders returned a punt 68 yards for a touchdown five days after hitting a home run for the Yankees? Well, I wasn't sure of those dates and times and all, but I know that he was one of the premier two-sport athletes, so he could do it all. I wanted to talk to you about it because, uh, you know, I think you were sort of one of the premier multi-sport athletes of your time as well. Oh, and so yeah, I just... that, was, that was it. That was it. <laughs> when you go to a school small enough, you can participate in everything. Well, I just wondered if you had any highlights like that of, like, back-to-back. Well, no, because things were different back then. Nothing overlapped. Like, I remember we played our last football game one Friday night, and we had our first basketball game the very next Saturday night, and they beat us 115 to 41. So (laughs) I don't know if you'd call that a highlight or not, but it was a memorable time. More of a low light, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And what would top that the night before was the last football game against Winter Wells, and we got beat 40 to nothing in that. So anyway, (laughs) we had some non-primetime moments at a very non-primetime school, but it was fun. (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to start the show now. Okay. I love you, Dad. I love you too, bud. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Bronk. This is Season 1, Episode 31. Thank goodness it's funny. Today, we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, September 23rd, 1989. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to 30 Pop. Fall is in full swing, even though it doesn't really feel that way in Houston where I'm recording this show. But besides the weather, the signs are all there. College football has started back, I think. You can find pumpkin spice just about everywhere you look, and to my great delight, Christmas decorations are slowly but surely starting to appear in more and more stores. The biggest clue, though, is that TV networks, for those of you who haven't cut cable yet, are rolling out all new series and seasons of your favorite shows. And the very same thing was true 30 years ago this week, which we'll talk about quite a bit in just a few minutes. But first, I wanted to catch you up on the rest of the pop culture happenings from this week in 1989. The number one film at the box office for the first of three consecutive weeks, its very first weekend in theaters, was director Ridley Scott's crime thriller Black Rain, starring Michael Douglas and the very underrated, in my opinion, Andy Garcia. In music, we had a new number one album and single on the Billboard charts, both belonging to the lip-syncing German R&B duo Milli Vanilli. Six months after its release, their album Girl You Know It's True was once again in the top spot with the release of their single Girl I'm Gonna Miss You. They'll hold both spots for two straight weeks, and spoiler alert, they'll get plenty of more chart time before the year is out. A major album release that happened this week in 1989 was Janet Jackson's fourth and perhaps most famous studio album, 
Rhythm Nation 1814. This album spawned one radio hit after another and catapulted the already very famous Jackson into a league all her own. It was at this point that she truly became more than simply Michael's sister in the eyes of most. The album was a bit controversial though, as unlike its predecessors or just about anything else being released at that time in pop music, it tackled several pressing social justice issues that were facing the U.S. head on. In fact, the 1814 in the album title was intended as a reference to the year the Star Spangled Banner was written. You might make a note of that if you're planning on attending our 30 Pop Trivia Night this week in Houston. A less major album release, in fact, a somewhat embarrassing album release 30 years ago this week, the New Kids on the Block's sad attempt at a Christmas album, Merry Merry Christmas. As a connoisseur and year-round Christmas music fanatic, I have to say, Despite selling over 2 million copies in the U.S. alone, this album is just absolutely terrible. As I mentioned a few weeks back in our deep dive of the New Kids Hangin' Tough album, I was a big fan of these guys at this point in my life. And I absolutely love the idea of releasing a Christmas album in mid-September. But this one, goodness gracious, it is bad. Seriously, go listen. You'll hate it. But also, Merry Christmas. And speaking of Christmas... Another thing that happened this week in 1989 was the death of 101-year-old composer Irving Berlin, famous in part for writing the song White Christmas. Bing Crosby's 1942 recording of which remains the biggest selling single of all time, with over 50 million copies sold worldwide. New Kids on the Block's recording of which, once again, is terrible. Berlin composed some other major works as well, so again, if you're planning on making it to the trivia night this week, you might want to brush up on your knowledge of his repertoire. Now, back to the fall TV programming I mentioned. We had several series debuts this week, some better than others. Among them were the tabloid TV show Hard Copy, the family-friendly CBS sitcom Major Dad, the first and only teenage medical drama that accelerated the career of everyone's favorite Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Howser, M.D., and the ridiculous, albeit beloved, Hasselhoffian lifeguard action series, Baywatch. We also saw the launch of a new Friday night block of shows from ABC, TGIF. I was a big fan of TGIF, as was my friend Nate Williams, who's been on the show several times now, including last week's episode. So I had him swing by once again to reminisce about it for a while. Here's our conversation. Nate, welcome back once again to 30 Pop. So good to have you. Luke, thank you so much for having me, bud. Let's do this thing. There we go. Okay, so 30 years ago this week, as you know, was the television launch of ABC's Friday night programming, which they called TGIF. TGIF. Yes. I, I have so many memories around... TGIF and the launch of TGIF. It was a big, big deal. Oh, absolutely. I um, so many memories of watching it with my sister and looking forward to it. And yeah, Darcy and I were all about it. It was the best. And it was like a Friday night thing. Like you do that with your family. I grew up on Friday nights. We would order pizza from a place called Mr. Jim's Pizza and we would watch TGIF together. That's what we did. I even remember watching it at friend's house and going over and it's like, are you going to come over and talk? Yeah, yeah man, I, I'll be there by seven. Don't worry. Yeah, you had to be you don't want to miss it. Yeah. yeah had to I be still remember, I don't remember the original theme song. So eventually they had like this theme song that's like super catchy and you can remember it. But originally they would have this intro and every week the cast of one of the four shows would sort of host the evening. And so here is the original intro from 1989's debut of TGIF. (laughs) 
Welcome to TGIF. Neat movie screen. Did our mascot mouse Friday bring it? Don't mention that mouse. But I'll mention that next is our show, Full House, and then after that is the new show, Family Matters. Yeah, and don't forget Perfect Strangers and just the ten of us. I love Friday. Aw, oh, so do we. Come on, America, hug your TV set. Yes, there's a little corner in my brain that that lived in that I completely forgot about. Yeah, yeah. It That's was, it. I remember the song that they eventually had as the intro better. I, like, I can still sort of sing mm-hmm. it. But I remember this. So as they said in the intro, we had four shows that launched the original TGIF, and I just want us to take them one at a time. So first one that would open the night every week, Full House. Oh, there's so much joy in my heart right now. Full house. Let's talk. Okay. Whole concept of the show, you basically have Danny Tanner, who's a news anchor. He's got three daughters, and I guess his wife dies before the series starts or something. she's never existed in the show. Yeah, and so his brother-in-law, Jesse, and I guess just like his best friend, Joey, right? Yeah. Yeah. They move in to sort of help out with the kids. And that's the whole premise of the show. I'll tell you what, Full House, it was never my favorite, but I always watched it. It was always a part of it. I remember liking the dog, but the one thing... The dog? Comet. I really like Comet. I was okay. pro-Comet. Okay. Just on the record. Okay. The one thing, here's, again, secret part of me that's never been spoken about, but this was the first time as a kid that I thought an adult woman was really attractive. And I found it weird that I liked Aunt Becky. I mean, of course you did. Yeah, but I didn't understand the tingle and the dingle. So I didn't know what was happening. I just knew that I liked an adult woman in a different way. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And as they age pre-Coke Habit, Jody Sweeten. Yeah, I, I never really I kind of liked her. Candace Cameron really. was fine. Like I said, I Candace I Cameron never, was always my pick, but... She was a cutie. I just thought Stephanie was annoying start yeah, to finish. Like I said, there whole was, series. I was never... Super into Full House, but I watched it and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But that was not what I was there for. On I Friday remember night. the Olsen. So, this was the birth of the Olsen twins. Mm-hmm. And the Olsen twins, I mean, they deserve a podcast all their own for yeah. the amount of stuff that they've done. Over yeah, the their years. entire life. None of which I've been into. But they were a huge deal because they were like the ultimate cute little kid. Yeah. As they played Michelle, the youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. They were adorable as her, of course. Yeah, weird looking little baby, but and what was it? Kind of weird. Hey, looking dude, adults. not yeah. not hey, dude. That was the show on Nickelodeon. You got it, dude. You got it, dude. Yeah, uh, one of many catchphrases. Right? How rude. I guess that was Stephanie. How but, rude. Yeah. Oh, so irritating. But I did love Full House. I don't know why. I think it, I, I it thought Jesse was cool. Felt like a I as authentic as I guess a family could feel to a nine year old. Yeah. Well, and there were kids our age on the show that may have been part of it too. Is like this story really sort of centers around the daughters. Right. 
And, you know, I, having been a lifelong, at that point, Kurt Cameron fan, to have just a, another Cameron on screen. Oh, it never hurts to have more Camerons you know, in your life. Um, now, hold on. Before we move, I will tell you, there is a reoccurring thing every year that my sister and I do that is from Full House. Okay. And we'll text each other when Aunt Becky, Uncle Jesse have kids. They had little twin the boys. Twins, yeah. And Jesse, for a Mother's Day, was trying to teach them a song for Aunt Becky. And all it was is, what day is today? And the boys would go, today is Mother's Day. That's like all it was. He's trying to teach her a song. So every year, Mother's Day, my sister and I still will text each other or call each other. And all it is is, what day is today? And the other person immediately, today is Mother's Day. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't remember that episode, but it does sound right on brand for the show. It was. And I assume you liked Aunt Becky as well? Of course. Yeah. I mean. But yeah. again, at our ages, this was a... It was an. That's probably true. I probably had. It was a weird had time had like a TV to think of was, an adult woman that way. Yeah, but you know, we also watched the show into our teenage years, and she remained attractive the whole time. Still, everything that's going on with the FBI, I don't mind yeah. when TMZ throws a little Lori Laughlin on there for me. I accept. Okay, so seven thirty Central, following Full House, we got the fantastic Family Matters. Oh, the best one. <laughs> This day and age To read any good news On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside these gentle walls Cause all I see Is a tower of dreams Real love bursting out Of every scene so much joy that's way happier than full house really okay yes. so that one that one does it for i you. love that show that was had to be one of my favorites at that time really okay yeah, yeah. i mean same for me those were the two biggies for me right. once i got really into tgif mm-hmm. but you know urkel was hilarious at the time i mean so like i'm embarrassed so if i watched it back now i'd be like oh i can't oh, no, and I, on camera i definitely had an steve urkel shirt <laughs> You know, did I do that? Oh, and it, oh, I was into it. And that's a fun one that Urkel was just kind of a sideshow on there and basically turned into the main character. Oh, yeah, absolutely the main yeah. character. Basically ended up being the Steve Urkel it, show. It was the Steve Urkel show. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So, what was it about Family Matters then for you that you loved so much? I mean, there's Urkel. Like I said that was huge. Even as it got silly as it went on, I loved what was the boy's name? Eddie. Eddie. I loved Eddie's friend, Waldo, Geraldo mm-hmm. Faldo. Yes. Um, I just thought he was hysterical because of how dumb he was. Yes. You know, they killed off their daughter. Who knows whatever yes. happened to Judy. Jamie, Judy, Judy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sent her away to camp and she never returned and they were fine with that. Yeah. Such a um, mystery. Well, and you know, I struggled in the female department <laughs> most of my life and I could just really 
I could feel the pain of how much he wanted Laura. And, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when that came out. My growing up crush was the Laura, and my Laura just didn't care for me. And it was the same, man. I felt felt the pain. And shenanigans, man. So many shenanigans. Oh, it's nothing but. What's funny was with Urkel, I felt like they kept sort of trying to push and see how ridiculous they could make his character. And America just kept saying, they ate it up. more. Luke, when we were looking at this, this show went on into 98. Yeah. How, how did that last nine years? It, like yeah. I said, they kept pushing the Urkel envelope till he creates a machine where he becomes... Urkel envelope. I love that. He becomes cool and he's Stefan. Like, Stephane we're Urkel. so far outside of yeah. like the realm of possibility, but... There's a robot version of him. Oh, Urkelbot? The Urkelbot. Yeah. I remember his car being... It's like the original smart car. Oh, man. That the and, whole front end opened up, you know? And America just accepted it all. Yeah, it was just fine. Let's keep tuning in. <laughs> what was wrong with Laura that she was so sort of superficial and pretentious that she couldn't give urkel you know know? and i i don't know if that was it because urkel was hard she had a reason like she would always soften up and she would try to treat him as a person and then damned if he just wouldn't like out urkel himself he's clumsy and then he'd ruin it again what's funny is i remember like so i remember around the time so urkel had already blown up and MTV would do the rock jock basketball games. Do you remember these? Oh, yeah, rock and jock sports. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dan that's right. Cortez but I remember rock Jaleel White being, you know, playing in one of these games, and it was so odd to see him as just like a regular, a normal dude person, you know, yeah, out there like with to Marky shake Mark, the foundation and, yeah. of your youth. That, yeah. Wait, his pants are normal. <laughs> it was like you almost don't recognize him, right? Although it is still weird when I see pictures of him without glasses. I'm like, that's... As ubiquitous as Steve Urkel was, that must have been brutal for him in real life that everywhere he went, people expected him to be such a spaz. Yeah. And he was like a normal dude. Yeah. Like, he was probably trapped in the box of Urkel. That's true. And it's kind of like Screech from Saved by the Bell. Like... Yeah, without the porn. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like, he had to play a kind of despised character... For so cringy for so long yes. that he will forever be Screech. He'll only ever He's be not that. Dustin Diamond. Yeah. He's Screech. He is not Jalil White. He is Urkel. That's true. That's true. So, fun fact, Family Matters is a spinoff of the show that followed it on TGIF. Yeah. Perfect Strangers. I assumed it was a spinoff of Die Hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is something we should say before we move on. Reginald Bell Johnson, who played Carl Winslow, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything that he was not a police officer. No, he's a cop. He, he's a no-nonsense cop. <laughs> I think he's a cop that they just bring him in to play himself. That and, turns into yeah. Steve Urkel's sidekick. Yes. Okay, so here is the intro for Perfect Strangers. Oh, Belky Bartokamus. I love so much. Okay, here it is. Nothing to rearrange Sometimes you just Get a feeling like you need Some kind of change No matter what the odds are This time Nothing's gonna stand in my way This flame in my heart Like a long lost friend Feels every dark street light at the end
Oh my gosh, that's great. The songs just is so serious. The songs are so good. I mean, like I love all these these <laughs> late 80s sitcom songs. They're so like yeah, there's a little harmonica solo up yeah, front. That's the best. good. I loved Perfect Strangers. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, like the others were like the big shows that you had to watch, yeah. but this was like the closet sort of like I loved this show and I always loved it the whole time it was on. Well, and Perfect Strangers is one for me that I remember loving, but I couldn't tell you very many specifics about it other than, you know, Balky Bartokomus. Yeah, like so, I understand the plot, but I don't So the I concept can't for people who who maybe weren't alive or weren't paying <laughs> attention as we were you have Larry Appleton, who is this Chicago-based, he's this an aspiring, I think, journalist, and he's trying to be a writer. Okay. And he has this distant cousin who he's never met named Balki Bartakamus from somewhere in like Eastern Europe, who travels to America to find him, to live with him, yeah. unannounced. And so it is the story of their sort of living together and trying, you know, I think they work yeah. at like an antique shop or something. Modern like. odd couple. Yes. So Bronson Pinchot is the guy that played Balky, and mm-hmm. he's just freaking hilarious in the show. Or he, at the time, it was hilarious. Which at that point, I guess the only thing I had ever seen him on was Beverly Hills Cop. And That's what, yeah. He's hilarious in that too. He's in Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 3. Yeah. And I don't think I knew until way later in life that he doesn't actually have the accent. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he just talks like a normal person. Yeah. yeah. He, so he's just our like random abstract idea of what an Eastern yes. European should be. <laughs> yes. Let's throw a weird accent out there. I remember thinking he ate goat a lot. Was that He was part a of shepherd. It? That's what he, he okay. was coming. He was a so, shepherd. Yeah, so, so just whatever the normal American people think of a mishmash of Eastern Europeans yeah. and throw them on TV. And he, where was he from? I can't remember the name of... Me, Mikos? Mipos? Mipos, yeah. I think Something that's right. like that. <laughs> I'm amazed that you remember that and Waldo, Geraldo, Faldo. Well, those are, those there are you deep go. Cuts. That's what's still <laughs> very, in the brain. Like I said, I don't remember impressive. the show, but I remember being from somewhere like that. I don't know what he was. But and then he sold weapons in Beverly Hills Cop. And art. Well, and art. And yeah, art, art dealer yeah. in the first one, weapons yeah. dealer in the third one. Yeah. Oh, man. I freaking loved Perfect Strangers, though. I loved their sort of chemistry together. It's the classic, like, and you get this on so many shows back then where where you have your sort of main character who's super mean to the other character. So it's Zach and Screech. Yeah. It's Laura and Urkel. Yeah. And you had it with Larry and Balky. He was just so mean to him. Not for the sake of being mean, but just because he, he was so annoyed kind of all the time at Balky's inability to understand sort of just american culture american culture english language you know he just kind of constantly stumbled over himself but it was such a funny show when was the last time you've seen one i've watched it this year i've watched it recently does it hold up because i feel like it's just a bunch of weird like foreigner jokes it's pretty much that i mean but it's still okay i mean it's hard for me to look at it with fresh eyes Mm mm-hmm it's not that it's still funny to me. It's that it's nostalgic for me. And okay. So I can sort of, the same reason I can still watch like Say by the Bell. I don't I think that's good. I just wonder, would it, did it come off? Does it feel offensive? Not as offensive as a lot of other shows. That's good. Like I said, when yeah. I just think of the premise of it, I was like, ooh, I bet I mean, that one wouldn't fly right Saved now. Say by the Bell is way more problematic. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, start There's to some lines that now exist. Well, they were probably there too. Well, they, yes, they were there too. Yeah, lines they were crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's fine. It's not a good TV show, okay. but like, you know. But it's good. It's, a it's good, good enough. It's a good memory. So the night would round out at 8.30 Central in the original lineup. So this didn't remain in TGIF forever. The original lineup, though, with just the 10 of us. 
Mm. Here's the intro. Life is a race and I know I can win it Cause I'm learning the rules of the game If I can stay on the ball Take it minute by minute I just might make the hall of fame What can I say? I'm doing it the best I can Believing I'm nobody but me Oh, it from where I stand Nothing I remember that show. Again, I remember enjoying it, but I couldn't tell you much about it other than there's daughters and they're hot. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are. So it's a family of two parents and eight kids that relocate across country. I don't know where. I think they moved to Indiana or somewhere. Okay. I think he's a girls basketball coach, maybe college, maybe high school. I don't remember. Yeah. I think they're in like a private school or something. Anyway, they all relocate to this new town and... You know, four of the girls, I think, are teenage, like high school age yeah. girls. So it's just like classic dad stuff, you know. Yeah, with a bunch of daughters. A whole bunch of daughters. But, you know, this could sort of be your life. You're, you're a high school coach. You could have, you I could know. have eight kids I'm on the way. I'm just eight daughters away from making this happen. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you could sort of relate on some level today. Oh, I'm sure that there's stuff in there that I would find enjoyable still. Yeah. But I, said, I barely remember, I think of just other TGIF shows, like Step by Step. Yeah, so this one wasn't a huge one for you. Right. Clearly. So let's talk oh, I, about I what TGIF I do remember TGIF watching it, but that became. was it. Yeah. So TGIF, we, we wound up getting Step by Step. Which step was, by Step. That was another biggie for me. Like that Yes. Was, that was basically like that the Brady one. Bunch Again, I, Hot Girls and a Dorky are a weird... Cousin. The cousin was cool. Yeah. Cody. Cody, yeah. Cody. I think he wound up some domestic violence charges. He was like a <laughs> he was like a black really? belt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember I think that. He wound one. up being kind of problematic. Um what was it? It's Summers. Yeah. Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers. There you go. And what was the dad's name? I mean the actor's name. Patrick Dempsey? Pa- was it Patrick Dempsey? Mm-hmm. Patrick Duffy. Duffy. Patrick Duffy. Suzanne Summers. Patrick Duffy. Yeah. Heartthrobs coming at both genders. Yeah, so step by step, what what were some other shows that Dinosaurs? So Boy Meets World was eventually oh, part God, of. Oh God, Boy Meets a biggie. World. We'll get to that in a few years. Boy Meets but. World. Even recently, I was totally into Girl Meets World when they redid it. Really, I loved. It. I never I saw. Really it. I don't. I don't think I really knew it was happening until it was like yeah. done. Boy so. Meets World, Dinosaurs, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I hated Dinosaurs. By uh, the way, I liked it, but when I I've seen a clip like recently, it's, it's so like stupid. that's bad. Oh, it was so bad. bad. Yeah, Sister, Sister. Yeah, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. You said Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I I did love Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I like that. And I did Sister Sister jump off from Hanging with Mr. Cooper? I don't know. I or never watched Sister Sister. Okay. Oh, the baby. Baby. Yeah, you mentioned that. So Baby Talk. Baby Talk. Which is apparently like, look who's talking. Look but who's it, talking, it's like but the they turned it into version. a show. And I never knew that. I, never, I don't remember that I remember all. watching specifically one of those episodes with my sister. Like, I have the memory of watching that. So I remember that being a part of it was little kids with, vo- with that's so funny babies no with voiceovers was huge 
1989. It was That's a simpler true. time. Yeah, so Look Who's Talking, the original movie came out in October. So we're going to talk about that in just a few weeks. Okay. Which I loved. I'm telling you, man. Maybe the last, voiceover last good thing John Travolta made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was Face Off. Oh, well, yeah, but, Face Off yeah. and Nick Cage and assorted others. Yeah, but Look Who's Talking, Bruce Willis. John Travolta. We'll talk about that in October. Okay. But you're right. It was a big deal at the time. Yeah. People talking, were into talking it. Talking babies. Talking babies. So, man, I loved TGIF. I'm so glad we got to sort of reminisce on it together. Thanks for being on. Can't wait to have you ah, back. Dude, this is great, Luke. Hopefully you can piece together an episode <laughs> out of all of that nonsense. I think we got some good stuff. <laughs> all right. Good, man. All right, man. We'll see, see you later. You. As always, it's such a joy to sit down with Nate and look back at our respective childhoods. We grew up hundreds of miles away from each other, but I'm confident we would have been friends if we'd have known each other back then. I'm also confident he would have gotten me into all kinds of trouble. Big thanks to Nate for being a part of this episode. If you're not quite ready to crank up the Christmas music yet, be sure to check out the 30 Pop Mixtape playlist on Spotify and Apple Music for the top 40 or so songs from this week in 1989. You'll find a link to those as well as all our various social media profiles and to our Patreon membership page where you can access all kinds of fun bonus material from this and other Milieu Media Group podcasts in the show notes for this episode. Friends, thanks so much for listening. Here's hoping you get to enjoy some actual fall weather this week, wherever you may be. Until next time, throw your hands in the air, pause, and kick the ballistics, Santa Claus. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Prawner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Milieu Media Group, visit milieumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>